Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features Senior Pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. In this final episode of 2020 Advent, Pastor Eric preaches about overcoming fears, the fear knots of the Christmas story. Fears of the past and the future, regrets or anxieties, can cripple us in our Christian walk. The goal of our lives is not to eliminate fear, but to overcome it by faith in the power of God. Will you choose panic or peace? Let God move in your heart as we approach Christmas and the upcoming year. And now, here's Pastor Eric. According to the YouVersion Bible app, Isaiah 41.10 ranked as the most searched, read, and bookmarked verse on the app. That was it for the year. Isaiah 41.10. You say, Pastor Eric, what does Isaiah 41.10 say? So do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That Bible app can tell us what are people, Christians and non-Christians, looking for when they look for help in the Bible. And this shows us that fear was a key topic in 2020 and still is in 2021. Here's the truth, and think about it. All people live in fearful times. There's not a people, there's not a country, there's not a generation that doesn't live in a fearful time. We all have fears. All ages, all generations, all cultures. We all have fears. Sadly, some people actually sow fear. Can you answer this question? When did it become the way to run a political campaign, just you sow fear. That's what you do. Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter now. That is the way you run it. Instead of telling people what you're for and what you're going to do, now you just sow fear about the other person. Or when did it become popular to run, a, to, to run the news headlines with, with, with fear? With, like, that's the way you get the attention now. We live in a society that likes to sow fear, that, that looks to do that. And so we live in fearful times, right? We live in troubled times, but guess what? All people live in troubled times. And Jesus Christ was born in troubled times. But beauty can be born out of troubled times. Oh, history shows us time and time again. It's beauty from ashes. It's even in the most troubling of times. Beauty comes and Christmas was His time to shine. And now as Christians, as the church, it's our time to shine. Maybe the question that we often ask and should be asking is this, why do we let fear control us? We let fear cause us to do this or don't do this or, uh, right? Why? Why are we letting fear control us? You know I've been open about my battle with fear and anxiety. Let's talk about potential fears. What are your potential fears? It'd be real easy to have potential fears for 2021, potential fears about the economy. Where is that going to go? What's that going to look like under new administration about our health? To take it, to not take it. Do we get sick? Are we going to get better? Or, or just our health with, as, as we break down and age? 
Potential fears about the government. New people being appointed. Potential fears about war. Rumors of wars. Terrorism. Don't forget terrorism. Fears about the job market. Right? Our pay. Will I be employed? Retirement. About our savings. Uh, Potential fears about family issues that we're dealing with. Our kids. Our spouse. Potential fears about church. Schools. Fears of rejection, fears of inadequacy, fears of change, fears of failure, fears of discouragement. There are all sorts of potential fears, right? Now, one of the things when we study the psychology of fear is we learn there are, number one, healthy fears, and then number two, unhealthy fears, right? Healthy fears are good. God put them in us so that we could live. There's a right and natural healthy fear of snakes, right? There's a right and natural healthy fear of bears, I was telling the drive-in crowd, you, you, you heard about the Adairsville bear, right? The high school cameras caught him uh, all on, on tape, a big bear running around the, the football field and other things. Well, one night after Harmony's band concert, Caleb and I went on the, the field. He wanted to run on the turf, and so it's dark. It's, it's kind of pitch black, and we're, we're running that field, and we got to, oh, maybe about the 30-yard line you know, from the locker room. We got about the 30-yard line, and I kind of slowed up a little bit remembering that bear, and Caleb kept running, and I said, hey, man, you, you remember that bear? You really want to run down to that dark side of the field? I don't know, about 50 yard line, we turned back and went back towards the locker room, right? That's a healthy fear, a fear of bears. So, mm, I don't know, right? We might need to turn around. There, there are fears that are based on reality, right? We really will fall off the cliff. We really will get bit. They're, they're natural. But we also know that there are unhealthy fears. And these can be fears based more on perception than reality. It's unhealthy to have that perceived fear, and maybe it's not there, but it's my fear perception of that and that's a fear that's paralyzing and those aren't healthy fears when fear becomes paralyzing when we can't function correctly unhealthy fears can also be healthy fears taken to the extreme right where you take something that's natural and right but then you right you totally uh, make that into something that's unhealthy you know there's a healthy fear of God and then there would be an unhealthy fear of God Let's talk about past versus future fears. The enemy often will use two ways to paralyze us and make us ineffective. That's what he wants to do, right? He wants to make me ineffective as a, as a pastor. Or he wants to make you ineffective as a Christian in your ministry. And here are a couple of ways that he does it. Number one, one way is this, by discouragement from past failures. Fear over the past. Fear over the past, your guilt, your shame, what you, what you have done, and you could never do this. So if he can get us living in the fear and doubt over the past, well, all of a sudden we're, we're ineffective. But the other type of fear is a fear of the future. right? You can call that a fear of worry, fear of failure about the future, a fear of discouragement, a fear of uncertainty. So we become anxious about the future. What's going to happen? We become maybe timid or passive or even isolated, right? There are some people that even before coronavirus had an unhealthy fear that caused them to isolate in their house, you know, or hoard or not go out or germs everywhere, right? And there are people that struggle with these things. But that's how the enemy wants us. Ah, an unhealthy fear of the past or of the, or of the future. So most are either paralyzed by the past or we have a, such a fear of the future that we ball up like the armadillo. Remember the armadillo, right? We're seeing them in Georgia, in the northern part. They keep going more north and north, right? And they ball up. 
Or for us, country folk, it's the roly-poly, right? We talked about that before. Those roly-polies are so fun when, when they're crawling, but you just scare it just a little bit, and boom, it balls up. It might take a while for that thing to... And that's exactly how the enemy wants us. Fear, fear, and we ball up. Or maybe it's the prairie dog, right? You've seen them, they're kind of out and fun, but all of a sudden, scare, boom, we tuck in and go into our hole, right? I'm out of here. No church, no, no, I don't want that, right? We, we tuck back in. Fear. It's what people were looking up on the Bible app. This is the truth for this Christmas and for 2021. Whatever happens, we know that we must not remain in fear. The Bible teaches against an unhealthy fear of the, fu of the future. And in the Christmas story, in the Nativity story, the Lord wanted to ease any fears. Because people had fears, natural ones and right ones. People were afraid of something, afraid of Rome. Afraid of death and poverty. Afraid of where am I going to get my meal or how do I take care of my, of my kids? There are a lot of fears. Troubled times. But four times in the Nativity story, God says, don't be afraid. You don't have to be unnecessarily afraid of me or the angel of, or of what you're supposed to do. So we keep seeing this phrase, fear not. Fear not. Can I give you, as we talk about the peace candle, the, the opposite? Can I give you the four fear nots of the Nativity story? Fear not is a word of assurance. It's a word of peace. Fear not. Be assured. Fear not. Have peace. Don't be afraid as the kids so beautifully sang. So fear not number one is found in Luke chapter 1 verse 13. In Luke chapter 1 verse 13, we read these words. The angel said to him, Zechariah, do not be afraid. Fear not, Zechariah. Why? For your prayers have been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. Fear not, Zechariah. You're not going to die in this holy place. Your prayers have been heard. You're going to have a prophet son. The, the forerunner of the Messiah. He'll go before Christ and prepare the way Gabriel appears. And that's the message from Gabriel. Fear not. You've been heard. You'll have a prophet, son. In church, we still can hear that same echo. Fear not. Your prayers are being heard. Fear not. God hears. God knows. God sees. Fear not. Fear not. The second fear not is just a little bit later to Mary. In the birth announcement to Mary, we see in chapter 1, verse 30, these words. And the angel, the same angel Gabriel, said to her, Do not be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid, Mary. Why? For you have found favor, literally grace, with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and you'll bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Gabriel appears. She's troubled by this kind of greeting, right? And the message is, fear not. Why? For you found favor with God. She is highly favored. She is given grace. Shown grace. Shown a lot of grace. Now we don't take Mary to the extreme that the Catholic Church would. But she was favored. She was shown grace. Why? Fear not, Mary. You're going to experience grace and you're going to bear not a prophet's son, but the ultimate prophet, priest, and king's son. He will be a Messiah. You'll have the Messiah's son. You'll have the Savior's son. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The third one, chronologically, is to Joseph. 
We find Joseph's story in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew writes to the Jew and from a Jewish perspective, and he emphasizes Joseph. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, we read these words, but as Joseph considered these things, what things? Do I divorce Mary or not? Do I have her killed or not? Whose baby is this? How is she pregnant? What do I do? Behold, as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, this is a little different, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Fear not to take Mary as your wife. Why? For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll bear a son, you shall call his name Jesus. Why? Because he'll save his people from their sins. He gets a dream, a vision, and it's the angel of the Lord that says, fear not. Fear not. A little bit different, fear not to take her as your wife. Don't be afraid to do what we are commanding you to do because the Son is from the Spirit. Fear not. That baby's from the Spirit, from the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph is able to press on and move forward. The fourth and final one is in Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, I'll read verses 8 through 11. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel, one angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. It must have been bright. And they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news, gospel. I bring you gospel, good news of a great joy, gospel joy, that will be for all the people, all people. Why? For unto you is born this day in the city of David, Bethlehem, right? A Savior who is Christ the Lord. One angel with God's glory shows up. Fear not. Why? Fear not because I bring you good news of gospel joy. It's for all people, Jew and Gentile. It's salvation, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We've heard these sermons, right? Fear versus faith. And some of you have walked through it, right? And I can speak in some ways from experience because my battle with anxiety and fear just rears its head at the most weird times sometimes. And the Lord kind of reminded me of what really is fear. Kind of in the great mix of it is this word, doubt. It's doubt. It's doubt. It's self-doubt. It's, it's doubt about what's going to happen. It's a, it's a type of doubt. What really is faith? It's assurance. It's the peace. It's, it's, it's the assurance of knowing that, well, but God's greater and God's with me. So maybe instead of saying fear versus faith, which we've heard and we just kind of go, oh, fear versus faith, we write that off, heard that sermon. It's doubt versus assurance. Don't doubt. Don't, don't, don't doubt in an unhealthy, disbelieving way, but be assured. No peace. No peace. Because the message of Christmas to them, when all these four knots, is this. Be at ease. Why? Because Jesus is Savior. Be at ease. Be assured. Have faith. Jesus is Savior. He will be born. We too. We have no reason for unhealthy fear this year. Jesus is for us. God's salvation has come for all people. And God's salvation is the grounds for our faith. God's salvation is the grounds for our assurance. God's salvation is the ground for our peace where I don't have to doubt that, I know it. Do you know God's salvation? Are you fully assured of it? 
You see, the goal of this life is not the elimination of fear, but faith to overcome it. God's not saying to any of His Bible characters, I want to eliminate fear from your life. Just come and sign this and write your check, and God's going to make you healthy, wealthy, and take away all your fears. Life's not about the elimination of fear. This life's not. But about faith that overcomes it. Assurance that's greater than my doubt. Faith that says, but I'm going to press through my fears because I know a better day is coming. Faith to overcome the fears. Faith is actually unlearning your fears. Or faith is learning to say, I recognize that, but it ain't going to hold me back. Fear is doubt. Faith is assurance and peace. Trusting God aids fear. When we learn like Joseph and Mary and the shepherds to trust God, that aids fear. Praising God aids fear. To sing, to pray, oh, it changes our mind. To go, no, I'm going to praise. And Mary does, and Zechariah does, right? I'm going to worship. I'm going to hear glory to God in the highest, and I, I, I'm going to change my focus. Faith moves forward. Fear not. Fear not. The song so beautifully said these lyrics, Consider the stars. When it's darkest, they shine the brightest. Is that not true of all history? For Christians, for Christ, for the church, when it seems to be the darkest, that's when the, sh the stars shine the brightest. Fear not. God said that time and time again. One has said there are 365 or 66. Fear not. It's in the Bible. One for every day. Consider that God told Abram, Hagar, Isaac, Moses and the Israelites, Joshua, Gideon, David, Israel and the city of Jerusalem, Daniel, the Jews, Paul, and the church to fear not. That's what I found. I just gave you 12 for the 12 days of Christmas. Go and make your own song, right? <laughs> God said to Abram, fear not. Fear not, right? Time and time again. God wasn't saying, I'm going to eliminate fear from all of your lives. They lived in troubled times, but he came and said, but fear not, fear not, fear not. I'm your God. I'll be with you. Jesus Christ, He didn't stay a baby. He grew and He often said, fear not. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. Why are you fearful, you of little faith? And He got up, rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Fear not, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Jesus said, do not fear, only believe. Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. The risen Jesus said, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. And in Revelation, he says, fear not, I am the first and the last. The living one, I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death in Hades. Jesus said, fear not. Fear not is a word of peace. He told His disciples, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. It's peace and it's, and it's fear. Our Savior had no panic, but perfect peace. And it's almost as if His message comes to us and says, will it be panic or peace for you this year? Panic or peace in 2021? Peace. 
Bible tells us that we can have peace. That's why today we light the peace candle. We know that peace is Jesus. We can have peace with the Father. How? By the blood of His Son. Jesus was born and Jesus brings peace and we can live with that peace. We can be bound to the Holy Spirit. That's peace. 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 I believe that peace is binding ourselves to the Word and to the Word. Binding ourselves to the Word of God is peace. And binding ourselves to the Word made flesh, Jesus, is peace. You know that word peace is an interesting Greek word. It's irene. And its root is from a word named iro that means to bind or join. Didn't peace, binding or joining? So what does the word peace mean? How is peace used in Scripture? I'll give you three. Number one, it can refer to peace between governments and people. They're kind of joined in unity. We kind of think of peace in that way as the absence of conflict. Peace is used that way. Number two, peace can be used like a greeting or a blessing or a state of personal well-being. That's kind of like the, the Jewish word shalom, right? Shalom, peace, peace to you. A greeting, peace be with you. Like Paul saying, grace and peace to you. The third way is it can refer to salvation. Peace can refer to peace with God. The peace of the kingdom of God. The peace of Jesus Christ. And in Scripture, when I study it, I start to figure out why that word peace, the root word, is to bind or join. Because you often see this, that peace is joined with faith. Peace is joined with courage. Peace is, is joined in the Bible with God's glory, God's honor, unity, hospitality, love, provision, safety, holiness, righteousness, mercy, joy, hope, and thankfulness. That's a, an amazing thing. Peace can involve binding ourselves to those things. When I bind myself to courage, I have peace. When I bind myself to joy, I have peace. When I bind myself to hospitality or God's honor or God's glory, I have peace. So I began to think about peace is when I, my, my, in my, whatever, my intellect and my emotions or my physical and my spiritual are kind of bound together or I bound myself to the Word or I bound... I have peace then. It's when I'm binding myself to hope and thankfulness. When the mind and the Holy Spirit are joined, there's peace. Peace. Jesus Himself often said, fear not, fear not, but He often said peace. Right? Jesus would say these words to a lot of people, peace be with you. Peace be with you. He would say these words, peace be still. Right? And the sea would come. Peace be still. He would tell so many after He healed them, go in peace. Go in peace. What is peace? Peace is that assurance. It's the opposite of doubt and fear. Peace is this. It's knowing that God sees and knowing that God hears and knowing that God loves and knowing that God cares and knowing that God has a plan. And I bind myself to that and I go, God's ah, peace. Do you know peace? Do you know it? This year we see the phrase peace on earth, don't we? Oh, let there be peace on earth. We see it on the, the ornaments. We see peace on earth on the parade floats. You ever thought about that story and that phrase? Who really gets peace? You read the verse. Not everybody gets peace. That's the way our society wants to read it. Peace on earth. Tolerate me and my sin. and Just, just tolerate and include everybody and let everybody have their relative thoughts. Peace on earth. Oh man, they love that, don't they? Postmodern, post-Christian. 
What does it mean, peace on earth? Well, let's, let's, let's study it. Not everybody gets peace. It's peace, but only on those on whom God's favor rests. Look at Luke 2.14. What's the message of the angel? Luke 2.14 says this, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, but here's where it goes, peace among those with whom He is pleased. We love the saying peace on earth, but it's not universal peace. That's not quite correct. Herod doesn't get that peace, right? Some people didn't have that peace. It's peace upon those who receive God's grace, on those who receive God's good pleasure. And it's not peace on earth, literally. It's peace in men. Peace in men that have experienced God's favor or pleasure. Remember, uh, Lifeway and scholars came out with a Holman Christian Standard Version. You probably use that in some of your books. Any kind of Lifeway curriculum uses that. So this is the way they translated that verse. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people He favors. It's peace on earth, but it's to the people He favors. So this week I got us off the Greek and blow the dust. I'll open it up. So here's my literal translation of it. And it's choppy. I just want to give it to you so you know how it kind of reads. Glory in the highest God and on earth Peace in men well pleased. Or glory in the highest God and on earth peace, good pleasure. But that last is, it's insinuated peace in men that have God's good pleasure. In men that have God's well pleasing, you know, and so it's not this, oh, peace on earth that just everybody gets because Christ was born. No, you need to be aligned with the Father and the Son, and it's peace in men whom God is well pleased with. So do you know peace? You see, even Jesus and the Scriptures show us that not everybody knows peace. There's not like ultimate peace on earth quite yet. Jesus, the Bible tells us these two verses, and when Jesus drew near and He saw Jerusalem, He wept over it, saying, Would, I wish that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but they're hidden from your eyes. One of the reasons that Jesus wept over Jerusalem is He says, you don't know peace. Peace came. Oh, I wish that you knew it, but they've been hidden from your eyes because you had to reject Me as the Savior so I could go to the cross and die for the sins of mankind so I could become the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. But you don't know peace. Romans 3.17, when Paul's laying out the gospel, and first he says, before I can preach justification, I have to preach condemnation. He says in Romans 3.17, the way of peace they have not known. We don't have peace on earth. For the lost person, the way of peace, they don't know it. There's no peace without Jesus. Romans 5.1, though, tells us the gospel and tells us how that peace comes. Romans 5.1 says, therefore... Since we've been justified, declared righteous by faith, now we have peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how peace comes. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul would continue to talk about peace. And in Romans 8.6, the great chapter, the great eight as many pastors call it, says this, For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. 
That's been my experience. When I set my mind on doubt and fear and what about anxiety? I had it in the past. Now I got fear of the past. What if I have it again? A fear of the future. What if I get in front of you and get stuck? What if I go into this situation and I'm not? Oh, panic, panic. Fear not. The mindset on the flesh, you better believe it's death and it's crippling and it's paralyzing and boy, I'll tuck into the ball and go back in my hole, isolate. A lot of people are doing that now. What does he say? You set your mind on the flesh, that's death. But set the mind on the spirit, and then it's that binding again. It's life and peace. Oh, the mind joined with the things of God. It's peace. Peace. Assurance. Thank you, God. I can have peace because you favored me. You've shown me grace. You're well pleased with me because I've been justified. Praise God for peace this Christmas. And so for you, experience the peace. Trust Jesus. And why do we even experience that peace? For our glory so we can stand up and say, look at our victory! No! Go back to the angel's message in chapter 2, verse 14 of Luke's Gospel. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom He's well pleased. Why do we receive peace for the glory of God? So we can say glory to God in the highest. That's the only way we can have peace. That's why Zechariah could hear the, the fear not and say, but glory to God in the highest. And Mary could say glory to God in the highest. The shepherds could say glory to God in the highest. And you and I this Christmas, no matter what comes, can say glory to God in the highest. We know the peace of Christ. So fear not this Christmas. Be fully assured. Stand firm in your faith. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.